0: Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My name is Nathan, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Karen. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Uh,
1: Y'all could only be in here with us.
0: awesome. Hey, we're going to continue our conversation with Scott Booth on the transmission of the Old Testament text. You guys enjoy this episode. We're back this week with Dr. Scott Booth from the Pillar Seminary. Yep. And if you listen to last week's episode, you might have a headache. (laughs) We, uh, We definitely geeked out a little bit just about writing in the ancient world, which I think was a good just introduction to this subject, just to understand some of the complexities when we come to an issue like the transmission and reliability of the Old Testament. But we talked about ancient writing and the formation of the alphabet during the time of Abraham, and then... Now we want to transition to authorship, which starts with Moses because the authorship of the first five books of the Bible are attributed to Moses. So we're going to turn and go from Abraham to Moses. Scott, help us out, man. When Moses is in the desert and the presence of the Lord gives him something. Sure. What is that? How do we know what it is what language it would it have been in because i think a lot of times people would even see like the standard hebrew square script now and be like oh it was definitely that you know and so talk to us about the authorship of torah how would this deity yahweh have given the torah what language was it in there's just a lot of different ways that we can go but let's just talk about all of that for a minute
2: so you're several hundred years after abram Mm -hmm. the alphabet has now been around depending upon when you date the exodus then you've got six or seven hundred years of development so the alphabet doesn't look like what you see if you were to go to uh, a synagogue now Mm -hmm. and see stuff there you're it's a different script that's a square script right and there's a line you can draw from that with a bunch of squiggles all the way back to this very very early stuff Mm -hmm. so with Moses, you're nearer on the continuum to the uh, very, very old stuff. So the letters will look quite a bit different, meaning if you learn how to read Hebrew today in your Hebrew classes and I show you the early Canaanite script, which was what we call it. We don't call it Hebrew script, then you won't know how to read it because it's just different. The letters yep. just shape differently. I mean, yep. the same thing happens if you grab like a older English, old English, yeah. right? Some yep. of the S's look like, you're like yeah, you're like, what in the world is, what that? is this? Yeah. 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 So the same thing happened. Yep. Language is probably an earlier form of Hebrew. There's some evidence even in the writing of changes in how the writing system happens and even changes in the language itself.
0: But would we have called whatever Moses was, what language is he speaking? What language is he writing in? What does that look like?
2: Yeah, I think he is speaking a form of Hebrew that is as Hebrew as Shakespeare's English is to us today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The alphabet that that the Hebrew Bible is written in was not a Hebrew alphabet. We call it that, but it isn't. Because there's sounds that are in Hebrew that the alphabet doesn't cover. Just like in English, we have an English alphabet, but it's not an English alphabet because it doesn't cover all of our sounds. The same thing for them, and there's redundancies. Some, we have multiple letters that just say, you don't need that. And you have one letter that has to make a whole bunch of different sounds. And that's another indication that It's not designed for them. So they are of a family that is close to that original alphabet. And a very early stage of the Hebrew language was what they, or I would say, not very early, an earlier stage of the Hebrew language than something you would have with something like Isaiah something, right? That's a much later phase of the language.
1: And so in the same way that English has morphed over generation to generation, you're saying in the same way, like. The Hebrew did the exact same thing, but from the time of Moses to the writing of the ancient scriptures, we can see, hey, it morphed.
2: Yes, changed. and there are, there's, there are pieces, because the text is preserved so well, there are actually pieces of that text that you can tell from that early stage of the language. I, we don't, I'm deciding how hard to geek out on you on this, but there are indications of um, like the way they would suffix a word that phase out of the language but are preserved in the text. Got it. Which is fascinating. Yeah. So this will go to later questions you're going to have of how can we know? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really interesting thing, that they're preserving pieces of language that don't exist anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And they'll preserve names of things that don't exist as that thing anymore. Like, Let me give you an example. If you look up Potiphar, right? if you look up some English translations of that, it'll call him a eunuch. So Potiphar the eunuch in Egypt. Mm-hmm. But he had a wife. The
0: dude's married, yeah. So maybe that's why she was going after Joseph.
2: <laughs> <laughs> every time I walk into that, I walked into that every time I tell him.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> She's like, "Yo, yo, Hebrew slave over there." <laughs> yeah. So uh, oh, that's awesome. Anyway, okay. So, but that word during the days of Joseph, mm-hmm. that word just meant high official. Later on, that same high official job existed. But kings got wise to letting those guys in the harem all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah. wait a so like, minute, snip,
2: snip. All of mm, these yeah. guys look like York. <laughs> like, like, they're all redhead. <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. going on, yeah, right? Yeah. And and so they actually turned them into eunuch.
0: High official came to be known as
2: eunuch. Yeah, yeah. Or they came to unicize. Is that a word?
0: <laughs> the uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm afraid of what yeah. that is. Yeah, the eunuch people. So then it, the definition of it narrowed.
2: Yes. Yeah. So. It's another instance where a title like that reflects a very early stage. Uh, like someone would either have to know that that shift happened, like a thousand years later, which is really quite special. improbable. Yeah. Well, and even if you say it's improbable, then it's, let's say it's impressive, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Then you have to give credibility to oral tradition. Right, right. And at this point, it's somehow like a it got preserved. There's yep. credibility yep. in either case. Yep. Either. Because they're preserving it in the text or preserving it in written speech, but in either case you have credibility. So we're back to where we So were you
0: talking. have for a skeptic who's looking at it, he's going, you know, no, you can't trust this thing. Or whatever, whatever. It's, it's like, okay, even if we're saying that this is written very late, like in the maybe intertestamental period, then you're looking at it going, Yeah, but there is a preservation within the writing that's very ancient. Like
2: there's stuff in there that's
0: way will. before. And yeah. so, it's like, how did that get there?
2: Oh, yeah. And, it, yeah. And, and if we can make matters worse, there's also evidence that in those very, very old stories that they'll update things.
0: Yeah, like an editor comes along. and dun,
2: dun. Yeah. 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 It says, hey, like, uh, so the word Ramses mm-hmm. appears in Genesis, but there were no Ramses. Yep. It's, it's the equivalent of us talking about China before the Chen Dynasty. Mm. They're updating the name. Right Or we use uh, Native American, right? Like that's already an anachronism, right? That's already wrong.
1: So that doesn't like negate the authority of the text. It's ah. just saying, hey, they're writing to a specific people and this is what those people would understand.
2: Right. Those people, whoever heard that, there was a name in there previous to that that's fallen out of use. Right. And so they had to update that name so that the reader or the listenership probably yeah. Could uh, was
0: able to identify, yeah, is that quit that staying. old guy that's, that's been right. dead a long time. That
2: happens yeah. in a bunch of places, yep. and yep. names are a real helpful way to that. But in a sense, provide some help because they're updating some things but not others, and so that gives you an indication, if nothing else, that this is more complicated than you might think. Yeah, you yeah. can't just write the thing off as uh, garbage because I would agree, this
1: is more complicated than <laughs> would,
2: but I, I guess the, the other thing is. Know that, like, there's, I think there's two important points as you dive into this. One, you're not the first to walk this path, Yeah. right? Like, people much more knowledgeable than you have been walking this a long time. And two, they've come out the other end with their faith intact. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can do this. You're, you're on safe ground. Let it be what it is. Yeah. Plumb yeah. the depths of the text. That's okay. And You can even get down into the nitty gritty, and you're not going to come out being like, no, Jesus didn't raise from the dead. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. You're Okay. So dive in.
0: Yeah. Let's shift to like authorship. So probably a lot of times people are like, you know, in fact, I got a call one time from somebody that was like, Nathan, somebody just said that the first five books of the Bible was, wasn't was written like all at the same time, you know, and those misconceptions are really common. So talk through like, what did it look like for the Torah to be given to Moses or whatever that looked like to... The final form of it that ends up being the first five books of the Bible.
2: And now we have fully entered the territory where everyone gets mad at whatever answer you give, right? So, whatever. Just it's so funny. you know, let them be mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, that's like, why you're a guest. <laughs> Deniability, right? Yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. So, just before we dive into this, know that this has been something that's been questioned for a long time. Both within the academy and also within the faith community, trying to figure stuff out because you have Moses apparently writing of his own death.
0: Yeah, right. Which so, is yeah,
2: that's yeah. a little, that's a little yeah. something's funny there. Yeah, but so, still, Christ will refer to and him. also saying
0: he's the most humble man on the earth.
2: Right, which is funny. <laughs> that's a funny story. <laughs> All right. So, but
1: what we were you were saying? Christ even refers to it.
2: Yeah, he goes back the books of Moses. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, um, which authorship
0: is definitely attributed to Moses.
2: It's it's real tricky to pin all this stuff down because authorship doesn't work the same in the Old Testament world as it does in the uh, New Testament. In the first world. century, yeah.
0: it was a totally different context.
2: Totally yep. different. So, for example, who wrote the Epic of Gilgamesh? Mm-hmm. Who wrote the Babylonian creation stories yep. or the Ugaritic? Who wrote them down? Mm-hmm. Like, it just don't I, know. Yeah. It, it's not. It's not on the grid, really. We know things that are written down by Moses. So, very specifically there are like we know he wrote on the tablets, right? And we know there's another writing of the covenant that happens on Ebal and Gerizim. They write it on some kind of plaster. We know Samuel writes and puts stuff down next to the Ark within right mm-hmm. the Ark about the way that kings will behave. We also know that they can update names and things like that as we've talked about earlier. Yep. So, who wrote stuff, you're already entering into a different set of concerns. Yeah, right. That's than good. in that world, then when New Testament, it's like, wait, did Paul write this? Because if Paul didn't write this, then let's throw it out of the canon.
0: Exactly. Yep. And what you're saying there is that audience back in the day was like, yeah, we're not asking that
2: question. We're not asking. It matters that Moses is involved in the first five books. It absolutely matters in the writing of that.
0: Because there's a lot of the Lord says this. The Lord told him this. Right, right. And so if you got Snuffy over there who just came out of the mines in Egypt or whatever, and he's like, hey, I'm saying the Lord said this. That's categorically different than Moses who's going, hey, the Lord has revealed himself to me. Right,
2: right. And the writing down of something is different from the hearing of it. Right? So if the Lord says something to him, he still has to go down and write that in a coherent manner, right? And it's just different. Now, on the other side of this are theories that say things like, oh, well, there's all these different sources that are then glued together. Yeah. Here is uh, my main beef with this.
0: Which is the whole like JEPD. Yep. Which is the Yahwist, the Priestly, yep. the Deuteronomist or something sure. like that. yeah. These different sources that people have theorized. There were these various streams and they all came into this one river. Right.
2: Someone glued yeah. at different yeah. phases. They're glued together. Right. So someone right. glued right. the J.E. Right. together and then we'll call him something different. And then the P, oh wait, maybe we don't have a P. It, like How did this text come together? Mm-hmm. It's used by looking at scripture. And sometimes you'll see stuff like the origins anyway. You'll see the, the name of the Lord, Yahweh, will show up a bunch. And then sometimes it's just God. And so someone's like, well. Maybe these are different sources, and they're not trying to hide the gluing together of it. right, right. Okay. Part of the problem I have with this theory is it originates in a world that is entirely ancient Near Eastern and illiterate. Mm-hmm. This idea of uh, how the Torah was authored with these different sources doesn't originate from a bunch of people who are like, "Wow, we really know the ancient world, and this is what we think." Yeah, it's it's like Germans engineering stuff because that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, here's all these pieces. Yeah, I bet yeah, They yeah. fit together like yeah. this. They build Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> and that's how I get fired. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's why I, I caution that approach. And mm. I've recently heard several other scholars just really frustrated with this approach because it doesn't yield a lot of fruit. Yeah. And also it's not falsifiable. Yeah. How do you know if you're wrong? Totally. And if you're going to say there's a bunch of different sources for a text, and when you're studying a material, like you'd like to see those sources. Mm-hmm. You can't just pretend one exists. Yep, you can't I just, need another tablet that is that other source. You can't just make stuff up. Yeah, yep. you need source one, source two, and I want, so, I want three, which is the gluing together. Mm-hmm, right, right. Like, uh, otherwise, you'll have as many opinions as you do scholars, which is where current, the current situation on authorship of Genesis through Deuteronomy, well, all of it, sits. Mm-hmm. Because all of it is the whim of a, whether they're well-informed or not, yep. it's the whim of whatever perspective of whatever scholar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all that to get back to your question, could Moses have written these first five books? Whoever wrote the first five books is literate in many of the same things that Moses would have been trained in in order to become literate. But mm-hmm. so when you learn, when you're being trained, you you learn creation stories and flood stories and legal material and this is kind of stuff how it goes which is what you find in genesis through deuteronomy yep so i don't consider it impossible but i also know the text is thicker than that and also know that it's a community passing it down to be read right and at the same time the last thing to say is these books are so well sculpted as a coherent unit like, just give you a little bit of an example. You mentioned Genesis 1 through 11 and Genesis 12 and beyond. For 50, years, They're so different, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, think about, for example, like in Abraham's family, all the lying. Mm. Lying and lying and lying. Everybody's lying. Like, Rebecca's lying. These people, like everybody's lying. Yeah. Jacob's lying. And Joseph's lying. And the brothers, everybody's lying. But who
0: lied in Genesis 3? Exactly. Yeah.
2: And you think, oh, that's just a coincidence. Well, notice that every story from Abraham on down involves these two boys mm. and the boys or these boys and their brothers yeah right and this conflict between these boys and it culminates and one of them faking a murder mm. of one of them and where does that happen genesis 4 yeah this is this is part of these holes so even though we want to say that these are segmented pieces mm-hmm. this is a
0: it's literary way it, too, it is it's, yeah, it's too yeah, good yeah, yeah, to yeah. I mean, it's definitely a literary masterpiece in the ancient world. That's right. I
2: mean, All of these yeah. are even go to numbers, which we don't have obviously time to dive into that. That each of these books are masterpieces. The structure of Leviticus—talk to any legal guy—he geeks out. Yeah, like it's just brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. Each of these books are brilliant. The Book of Exodus as a hero story, which includes legal material. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just bonkers.
1: So if we like back out a little bit, look at the big picture of authorship no we okay Let's <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yes. stay <laughs> in the weeds <laughs> okay so what what i've heard you say is hey we as 21st century americans are asking questions that these authors whoever they were never intended to answer right okay so their purpose in writing is different than what we maybe wanted to
2: right or or there, some of your initial questions when you're approaching the text of authorship and date.
1: They're not concerned with.
2: The community that receives and passed down these writings, that's not their primary concern. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And then I heard you say, hey, the Old Testament, the question of authorship is very different from the New Testament. Yep. And so what do we know? If we have options of who were the authors, especially if we're looking at the first five books of, of the Bible, there's a spectrum of, hey, it was either Moses, one author. As or a source. Right? Yep. Versus four or five different sources that were glued together.
0: Which I'm hearing you say is not. Not like that. I don't buy that. Right, Because it's too much of a literary.
2: Yeah, and and the text leans too heavily on Moses as this epic prophet, as the ability of Joshua to repeat the stuff that's been said there and write it up there. So there's something, something was written very early on. And given that the text is a very good coherent whole, you've got to approach this tenderly mm-hmm. because it's it's and the fact that you don't actually have the sources. Right. It's almost like I, I don't know what to do. Yep. If you're trained primarily in ancient Near Eastern stuff, right? And then someone discovers the Bible, you're very limited in some of the analysis you can perform. Mm-hmm. You would just have to say, I don't know. There's not enough information to ask yep. right. this yep. question. So
1: the answer is we ultimately don't know. It appears that there's one author. Yeah. It appears that they are of the same status of Moses. They're literate we know that it's one continuous story. It's one book. And that's what we're left with.
0: But I think we're also saying that over time, there is definitely room for, as it's passed down, for various scribes have their hands on it. Different editors probably have their hands on it. Obviously, names are changed over time. And so I think what I'm trying to say is, while we have the coherent whole we don't want to be saying that every jot and tittle is the exact same right. and that it didn't change over time. Yes.
1: So we've talked about a lot of complicated <laughs> things that I feel like boils down to. There was an alphabet and there is an author. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Both of those things are true. Yes. Yes.
1: And the thing that we know is that God is over it all. Yeah. We don't have to worry right. and we can dig into these details and the Lord is still. Sovereign. Here, here's yeah.
0: what I would say to you about this is a lot of times especially conservative evangelicals can tend to be biblicists. And what I mean by that are people who put all their faith in the Bible. And what I mean by that is, hey, the Bible is flawless. Because it's flawless, then I can know that there's a God who loves me and, you know, these kinds of things. And the transmission of this is really gritty. It's it's very – Um yes which I think is lends credibility to its authenticity because, like I've heard you say, Scott, is we're not Mormons, right?
1: That is right.
0: We don't believe that... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> we don't believe that these tablets came out of heaven and just appeared. We don't believe that this text just as a whole was... Closed you know lower down from the heavens i mean this is yahweh interacting with his people in a very real time and place and this thing is being transmitted and preserved over time and the the grittiness of it you, w- you would expect for that process to be messy is maybe a good way to say it
2: if you push on this like the whole thing doesn't fall yep. and if you've tied it sometimes you can feel defensive when you talk about these things yep and I think what I hear you saying is, check that a bit, yep. like, and that, that could be a little bit of a warning to you. Totally.
0: Well, because the centrality of our faith is not the reliability of the text. The centrality of our faith is the death and resurrection of Jesus. Oh. Those are Jesus two said something. Those are two very different things. And so I'm here saying, with as loud a voice as I can say, your faith rests on the historicity of the death and resurrection of Jesus, not whether or not we can defend the
2: reliability of the Bible. Each. can we throw the exodus in there too whatever okay. <laughs> you
1: do you thanks for listening to the equipping podcast if you enjoyed it tell your friends subscribe or leave us a comment on itunes, iTunes. yeah if you have questions or thoughts or feelings or concerns mm, feelings yeah please email us at equippingpodcast@watermark.org. at watermark.org Thanks. Bye.
0: Nothing more than feeling.
1: Nathan, say bye. Peace. There it is.